Hello, family and friends. The title of today's message is, What Can We Learn from Daniel and the Lion's Den? Let's pray. Father, we come to you with praise and thanksgiving. You're such a loving God, such a good God, Father. We thank you that you give us boldness to preach your word in these last days, Father, that we won't cower down to all the ungodliness going on and change how we represent you, Father, because you are a God that's good, Father. You are a God that saves, but you have a plan of salvation, Father, one plan, and his name is Jesus. So we thank you for boldness in these last days, Father, to live strong for you to the very end. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Well, folks, we can learn a lot from Daniel, but I especially like the chapter about the lion's den. Most of us want to be the Daniel at the end of the chapter, but probably not the Daniel at the beginning and the middle of the chapter. Let's start in Daniel chapter 6 in the Amplified Bible. Before we start reading chapter 6, a reminder that in chapter 5, Daniel got a big promotion in the kingdom as he interpreted the unusual handwriting on the wall for the king. Now, Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. It seemed good to Darius, who became king after Belshazzar, to appoint over the kingdom 120 satraps, or subordinate rulers or governors, who would be in charge throughout the kingdom. Two, over them, three chief commissioners, of whom Daniel was one, that these satraps might be accountable to them so that the king would have no loss from disloyalty or mismanagement. So folks, Daniel was like one of the three vice presidents, well respected by the king. Three, then this Daniel, because of his extraordinary spirit within him, began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and the satraps, and the king planned to appoint him over the entire realm. My friends, God will give us favor with himself and man. Daniel had favor with the king, but the others around him didn't like that. Just like at our own jobs, we'll have favor because we serve God, and some others around us might not like that. Four, then the other two commissioners and the satraps began trying to find a reason to bring a complaint against Daniel concerning the administration of the kingdom, but they could find no reason for an accusation or evidence of corruption because he was faithful, a man of high moral character and personal integrity, and no negligence or corruption of any kind was found in him. So folks, the other 122 leaders wanted to accuse Daniel of something to get him out of there, but they couldn't find anything. Five, then these men said, we will not find any basis for an accusation against this Daniel unless we find something against him in connection with the law of his God. My friends, just like in these end times, the world will not like you because of God and will accuse you of being one of those religious zealots. Six, then these commissioners and satraps agreed to approach the king and said to him, King Darius, live forever. Seven, all the commissioners of the kingdom, the prefects and satraps, the counselors and the governors have consulted and agreed together that the king should establish a royal statue and enforce an injunction that anyone who petitions prays to any god or man besides you, O king, during the next 30 days shall be thrown into the den of lions. 
So, folks, the law will be that anyone who prays to anyone or anything besides the king in the next 30 days will get thrown into the lion's den. Eight, now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it may not be changed in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which ensures that it may not be altered or revoked. So King Darius signed the document, that is, the injunction. Ten, now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he went into his house. Now in his roof, chamber, his windows were open towards Jerusalem. He continued to get down on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. My friends, Daniel knew that the document was signed by the king, but Daniel continued his normal routine of kneeling and praying three times a day to the one true God with his windows open. What a great example for us today. If the God-hating party in the U.S. takes over all three branches of government and institutes something crazy like this, which is very possible, what will you and I do? Will we cower and kiss the ring of Baal, Satan's followers and leaders? Will we change and support the murder of unborn babies? Or change and support an ungodly marriage? Or will we stand for God? Verse 11. Then by agreement, these men came together and found Daniel praying and making requests before his God. Folks, Satan's people are all over the world, and they are ready to catch you and I living for God and righteous. Satan's people expect you and I to support every ungodly thing in the world because they are deceived. Verse 12, then they approached and spoke before the king regarding this, his injunction. Have you not signed an injunction that anyone who petitions prays to any god or man except you, O king, within the designated 30 days is to be thrown into the den of lions? The king answered, the statement is true in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians which may not be altered or revoked. 13, then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, does not pay any attention to you, O king, or to the injunction which you have signed, but keeps praying to his God three times a day. 14, then as soon as the king heard these words, he was deeply distressed over what he had done and set his mind on rescuing Daniel, and he struggled until the sun went down, trying to work out a way to save him. 15. Then by agreement, these same men came to the king and said, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or statue which the king establishes may be altered or revoked. 16. Then the king gave a command, and Daniel was brought and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you constantly serve, rescue you himself. My friends, think about Daniel's situation right now. How would you or I react to getting thrown into the lion's den? Would we be full of faith and know that God would protect us? And if he didn't, we'd just go to heaven early? Or would we be crying and screaming like a baby and cussing those 122 leaders that did this to us? 17. A stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles, so that nothing would be changed concerning Daniel. 18, then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. No music or entertainment was brought before him, and he remained unable to sleep. 19, then the king arose at dawn at the break of day and hurried to the den of lions. Folks, the king already knew that Daniel's God was special. He hurried to the lion's den first thing in the morning. 
20. When he had come near the den, he called out to Daniel with a troubled voice. The king said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? My friends, notice the king said to Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Are you and I servants of the living God? Do we constantly serve God or sometimes serve God or most times? Notice Daniel's constant serving of God gets him delivered from the lions. Verse 21, then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. 22, my God has sent his angel and has shut the mouths of the lions so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him and also before you, O king, I have committed no crime. Folks, God can send his angels to protect us from anything. The lions were no challenge for one angel. 23, then the king was greatly pleased and ordered that Daniel be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in and relied on and trusted in his God. My friends, Daniel had no injuries at all. But notice this verse says that Daniel believed in, relied on, and trusted in his God. What if Daniel freaked out that day and temporarily lost his constant belief and trust in God to deliver him from this special occasion? 24, then the king gave a command and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the den of lions, they and their children and their wives, and before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Folks, notice Daniel didn't take vengeance against his enemies. God quickly took care of them and their families. It is a good lesson for us that we are either a blessing to our family or a curse to our family. 25, then Darius the king wrote to all the peoples, nations, and speakers of every language who are living in the land, may peace abound to you. I issue a decree that all the dominion of my kingdom men are to reverently fear and tremble before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring and steadfast forever, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed, and his dominion will be forever. My friends, because of Daniel's obedience and trust, God got the glory that he deserves, and the king rightfully stated that God's dominion will be forever. Verse 27, he rescues and saves and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. 28, so this man, Daniel, prospered and enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Folks, notice God prospered Daniel since he constantly relied and trusted in God. So Daniel could greatly prosper and still serve God and put him first. Folks, let's commit to serve God with all our hearts in these last of the last days, no matter what happens to us. Let's pray. Father, we choose to be a bold example for you, to share your love with people, Father, but not to compromise. There's no other way to heaven but through Jesus. And Jesus is the word of God, Father, so we can't twist the word of God and live a life that we want to live because that means we're not living for you, Father. So thank you for helping us to be an example, Father, to boldly confess you all across this world. In the precious name of Jesus, 
Amen. Folks, you can contact us at 812-449-8147. Please go talk to someone about Jesus today. We love you all. And remember, Jesus thought about you on the cross at Calvary.